The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. As we constantly move forward, there is a continuing and urgent need for higher education. It's necessary for tomorrow's future and for a dynamically changing workforce. As the need for education is changing, so is education itself. Welcome to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education with your host, Dave Goldberg. In this program, we'll discuss the complex changes that are being made to higher education today, and we'll help you stay ahead of tomorrow if you're a student, educator, or in the workforce. Now, here's Dave Goldberg. Good day and welcome to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. I'm Dave Goldberg, I'm your show host, and Big Beacon is a movement to transform higher education at bigbeacon.org. In every episode, we explore some of the innovators and innovations that are changing the world of higher education all around us, and you can follow live tweeting of the show at hashtag bigbeaconradio. Emma Schoenfellner is tweeting live as we speak, and today we're... Uh, maybe a little bit unusual, but not unusual for Big Beacon Radio. We've got uh, we're going to explore the role of students in in the transformation of higher education. We've got two students with us. We've got Athena Lynn from the University of Illinois, and we've got Tyler Lindo from from the University of California at uh, San Diego. Uh, welcome to the show, guys. Thanks, Dave. It's great to be here. Thank you for having us as well. Yeah, it's great to have you guys on, and and uh, I'm excited to uh, get started and and into some of the exciting things that you guys have been doing in connection with uh, 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 transformation of higher education. But before we do that, Athena, you're a student at the University of Illinois, and listeners can read more about you on the program page. But what key things should they know about you uh, before we get started today? Yeah, so I'm a junior in material science. I became involved in engineering education the summer after my freshman year, um, and that's when I really started thinking more critically about higher education. Um, and that's also when I first found Big Beacon, um, which really was instrumental in uh, meeting you, Dave, and being able to hear your thoughts on and your approaches to transforming higher education were really inspiring me to me at the time. Um, and since then, um, that's where my interests have really lied, and that's where... Um, my research interests and the things I've chosen to participate in, um, that's when it all first started. Yeah, and I remember some of those early conversations uh, that, you know, finding finding people who were interested in, in change was actually helpful to your staying in engineering, if I recall correctly. Mm-hmm. Is, that, yeah. is that fair? Yeah, that, yeah, that was definitely a big part. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and uh, Tyler, you're a, you're a senior at uh, UCSD. Uh, what things should our audience know about you before we get started? Uh, yeah, um, so I'm studying nanoengineering. Um, it's a new emerging field, at least at our school and other schools. Um, so that's been a, definitely an interesting experience, definitely a unique experience um, in terms of engineering. And that's really what push, has pushed me to study about, look at the education of it, um, because it's so unique and it has so many different facets of it. Um, and just like, I guess, during my, my whole career, 
at UCSD, uh, I've really have looked at the cultural kind of societal aspects of it, um, just from like the friends I have and kind of the experiences I've had at UCSD. Yeah, and that's interesting because one of the things, you know, one of the places where transformation is easier to bring about is is in new fields. So the we see, say, more change in in say the bioengineering departments that are emerging now, and 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 nanoengineering as a as a relatively new discipline of engineering is another place where there's uh, there's really some hope that we can. We can teach things differently and and make it less all about the technical stuff and and bring in some of the societal implications as well. So why don't we go ahead and and um, uh, uh, get started? So um, and I think it's fair to say that um, you two met this summer at uh, at a uh, research experience for undergraduates in engineering education. Is that right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 So, uh, what was what was that? Ex- so, this was this was at Olin College that we've mentioned on the show quite a lot. And um, but what what was the REU about? What did um, what did it entail? How did you guys get in? Um, what, what what was the experience about, Tyler? Why don't we start with you? Yeah. Uh, so, the experience. I, I mean, I just knew I wanted to do something during the summer, uh, looking at kind of education, how people are being uh, experiencing their education as in engineers, just because, I mean, that was what I was thinking about um, prior to it. Um, going in, I didn't have any, like, research experience, uh, and I wanted to know what, what is research. Um, it was really interesting. So I, I went ahead during that summer and looked at how people, um, con- undergraduates' conceptions of engineering design and what that meant in their uh, engineering experience. And that was really a lot of fun. I think the biggest thing was just really meeting uh, a whole bunch of people who are interested in the same thing. Because, like, at UCSD, I feel like there's only a small pool of people who are interested in education or science education, and specifically engineering education, kind of non-existent. So being with those people and really, like, kind of um, uniting together was really a, a great thing. Yeah, and, and, and I'm curious because, you know, there, and I'm familiar with some of the REUs, and I believe there are a fair number of them in nanoscience and nanoengineering. You you probably could have gotten an REU in in the technical side, and yet you chose something on the on the cultural uh, educational side. But what 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 prompted you to head in that direction? Um, so I definitely was looking at uh, REUs in the nano field, um, but I just knew I re- like. Throughout my uh, undergraduate career, I kind of just kind of went went more to the educational side, just because um, it just intrigued me more. I, I like I like really being really reflective about uh, what I'm learning, and in the way of nano, I couldn't really. I don't know. I was learning it. I was learning the, the you know the new things that are coming up, like the new instruments and the new um, techniques that people are using to build these technologies. Um, but it didn't require it didn't allow me to be as reflective and kind of more excited about what I was learning um, as these educational experiences. So that's why I really, um, I mean, there's many reasons, to, but sure. the main reason why I yeah. went to that direction. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And, and, and for you, Athena, what, um, 
and and you and I have talked about this. You you were actually look you got involved with the uh, engineering educational side of things uh, programmatically at Illinois. But what did uh, what what did you uh, take from the uh, experience in the REU on engineering education at Olin? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I first found the program that summer um, where I where I got involved in this big beacon, and I knew immediately that that's what I wanted to do. And especially, I had read just read a whole new engineer, and I had just read a lot about Olin and um, how innovative they are and um, what they're doing to transform engineering education. And um, I really wanted to experience what I could of it um, just for a summer and visit it and 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 really get a feel for for what it's all about um, in a way that I couldn't just from reading about it online. I mean, I, I really have to second what Tyler said about just the people that I met being probably the most incredible part of the experience. Um, and I'd also had not hadn't had a lot of luck finding a lot of other undergrads here at Illinois who were involved in the engineering education community. Um, and I remember that the first person I met at Olin was Emily. And within five minutes of our conversation, we had realized that we were both obsessed with this one engineering education website. And that was like really, I mean, so soon in the experience, I felt like I really belonged and the rest of the summer was honestly just uphill from there. Um, yes. And that's, and, and, you know, and that, that aligns so well with uh, the research on intrinsic motivation that a big part of it is, is social. A big part of it is connect the feeling of connection that you get with others. And, and sometimes that's uh, some of the, some of what has, has not really been a part of engineering education is that connection. You have to sort of, Connection is something that is DIY in engineering education, and some kids some kids get it, and 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 some kids don't. So, so I'm hearing from both of you that the you know the main thing was the the people you met. Uh, what would you say were the um, just like the biggest like the biggest piece of learning about engineering education or education generally from the things that you studied and talked about this summer? What what was sort of surprising, or what did you come away with that uh, was kind of a big insight for you? Tyler, let's start with you. Big insight from Olin this summer. Yeah, uh, I think one of the biggest things we talked about, kind of main theme, was what you're talking about, intrinsic motivation, um, mm-hmm. and what, what that even means. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it, I think because a lot of times you're... Um, I mean, it depends how you view it, but a lot of times engineering is, you know, it's like that kind of set kind of field. Um, there's so much knowledge in it. Um, you're just kind of following along with with what it is, and you're, you know, is it, are, you, are you leading it? Are you following? Uh, is the knowledge changed by you, or are you, are you just changed by the knowledge? Um, hmm. So why would you, you know, how can you be motivated if it's, just, you know, someone telling you what to do versus uh, you doing it for yourself? And what does it mean to do it for yourself? I think everyone finds a different purpose in that, um, but that's like that was a huge thing I got from the summer. Yeah, and uh, I, and I and uh, that uh, are you follow or are you following the knowledge or is or yeah? How did you say it, it was? Anyways, it was it was eloquent the way you said it. I I really liked the the way you uh, expressed that thought about the the knowledge being there, and and uh, so we have this. Um, we can o- obey and master it, or uh, are there ways in which we're kind of figuring it out and doing something with it, engaging it, and and using it for our own own purposes? Athena, what what was your your big takeaway from the summer at Olin? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so my biggest takeaway, um, probably 
would be my understanding of how institutional culture supports educational transformation. Um, so at Olin, the institutional culture was created very deliberately to support all of its academic programs. Um, and then I compared it to iFoundry, which I'm familiar with here at Illinois. Um, and that kind of, and iFoundry created a culture within an, a program situated within the greater institutional culture of Illinois. Um, and so it was carefully, the iFoundry culture was carefully constructed and modeled from the Olin culture. Um, but then I started thinking just about traditional colleges and how the institutional culture um, is perpetuated from tradition. Um, and so the big question for me became how can we improve student experiences when the institutional culture is not necessarily conducive to educational transformation. Um, and I think really that the big thing I took away from Olin was that appreciation for just how intertwined their culture was with their ability to innovate um, their educational programs. Yeah, and and yeah, you know, the cultural part is such a big part, and yet it's the part it's it's unseen, and it's something that we tend not to talk about. We talk a lot about content curriculum and pedagogy, and changing classes and changing the way we teach, but we don't talk so much about the the big battle culture being in the room and and how we can be intentional around having subculture or even in the case of a new school, a new culture that's. That's different. I, I think one of the things that's so interesting about Olin is that there was intention to create a new culture, and yet the 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 artifact that helped create the culture, the the um, the, the students being partners with the faculty, was an accident of the construction schedule. And so it's mm-hmm. we can have intention to do something, but sometimes uh, it's important to um, it's important to get get lucky and and. And um, we're going to we want to talk about what's what's working in education and from a student perspective, and not in a minute. But Athena, you're also trying to start something called Students for a Whole New Education. In the in the last segment, we'll we'll talk about that a little bit more. But but what is uh, uh, Students for a Whole New Education or Sweeney about? What is that? Mm-hmm. Um, so for a while, we um, I remember Dave, you and I, we had talked for maybe about a year about. derived from having students involved. And so um, I think Sweeney is really our, where all of those conversations led to. Um, and so last February is when we decided that we were just going to go ahead and we were going to launch this thing. And we had a group of about six students that um, had reached out to you about um, interest in participating in Big Beacon. And we thought that it would be great if we could, if we could bring, if we could bring together our group and um, bring it into like a sub-movement of Big Beacon and, figure out how we could engage more students in the movement. Um, so the two main goals that we came up with were that we wanted to bring together students around the world who were united by the challenges that they faced in an education system that resists change. And we also wanted to encourage students to be active in conversations and initiatives for transforming education. Um, and so since then, we've grown to about 20 students, and we're from all around the world. Um, I think we have students who are represented from like five different continents, I think, um, and several different countries. And, um, and it's, it's been really, it's been incredible to see the power, um, that, that can, that we have as a community of students who are passionate about transforming education. Yeah. And I think, you know, this, you know, students are oftentimes ignored in this whole process. Uh, faculty go off into a room and say, all right, we're going to change a curriculum. We're going to do something. But I think a lot of the, uh, the, the, 
the most transformative experiences uh, had students at their heart from the the get-go. Now, we're going to get into some, uh, as we do various segments, we're going to get into this more deeply, but um, uh, Tyler, you're a senior, uh, Athena, you're a junior, you've kind of, you've paid some of your dues in, in going through some of the highs and lows of an engineering education, but uh, let's, Tyler, let's start with you. What, what's been your, uh, been your experience of engineering school? Has it been uh, pleasant? Has it been hard? Has it been yeah, what 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 what's been the experience? What's been the experience of of going through an engineering education to this point? Yeah, um, to this point, uh, I can be would be very honest. Uh, it's kind of well the way that our curriculum is structured. You know, it's similar and different to other places. We start with like kind of the math and science, um, very general, especially for my program in engineering. Uh, they want us to cover a very broad um, spectrum, so we did chemistry, biology, physics, all of the like the core sciences together, but very kind of um, you know low low level, um, kind of just to see if we can make the connections between all of them. And that's kind of what our later upper division courses have gone towards, trying to make connections between all of them, uh, but not necessarily focusing in on one particular aspect too much. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes that's been frustrating because the, you know, you, you think you might like want to focus on one thing or you want to kind of specialize in something, especially if you're thinking about um, future and like, you know, you want to get a job in engineering. It's like, you know, that kind of, you need to have a specialization to be kind of marketable. Um, so that's kind of been frustrating um, as well as um, something I know a lot of programs kind of push for design courses early on. Um, getting students motivated to start creating things on their own, even without the, um, you know, the math and science background. My program um, started with none of that, and just now, just in this quarter right now that I'm in, did we start our first kind of uh, engineering senior design class. Um, but even in then, we're not really designing anything. We're just kind of doing the cookbook kind of. Man- I mean, even our teacher said, "Oh, like this course is still." you know, cookbook kind of manual, you're going to go through it. And then maybe in the next quarter, which is my, you know, this ult- like the very, very last quarter, will we, you know, get to do our own project. So in that way, it's kind of disappointing. Um, but sure. it's interesting as well, kind of looking at, um, it, like, being, is it possible to get that super broad education as an engineer um, and still be able to kind of pr- produce tangible, you know, results that we kind of look for? Yeah, so I'm hearing, uh, you know, so the breadth um, uh, and the touching on different subjects kind of uh, short-circuited a desire to sort of go deeper sometimes that you might have explored on your own. And and then, um, and in a lot of cases, I've oftentimes called this doing math and science before design is, is uh, I've called that the math science death march. And, and, uh, and sometimes we the the chocolate of engineering is in designing stuff that helps people and and uh, we seem to hold that off until the end as kind of a reward for surviving. Um, 
Athena, we're we're going to take a break, but I want to hear I want to hear about your experiences when when um, at uh, at Illinois and and uh, I think these are common experiences that a lot of students have. This is Big Beacon Radio with our special guests Athena Lynn and Tyler Lindo, and in the next segment, we're going to hear from Athena about her experience uh, in in engineering school and then uh, what students can help to to do about it. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of 3Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645. Contact him at deg at 3joy.com or browse the 3Joy website, www.3joy.com today. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call 1-866-472-5790. Again, that's 1-866-472-5790. Or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show. And welcome back. And, and we urge you to get a copy of the book that is Transforming Higher Education, A Whole New Engineer, The Coming Revolution in Engineering Education at wholenewengineer.org. Actually, we've just uh, we've sold out the first, first uh, hardcover printing of over 5,000 copies. And we're real excited that that happened inside of a year. And um, so go ahead, and but there's still copies available um, out there in uh, different uh, places. So go ahead and get, get your copy of A Whole New Engineer. And uh, welcome back. And, and we've got uh, two special guests. We've got uh, students at the univer- student at the University of Illinois and one at the uh, University of California, San Diego, Athena Lynn and Tyler Lindo. And before the break, Athena, we were... I was uh, asking Tyler what uh, his experience of uh, engineering education so far. Now he's in a senior year. You're you're in your junior year. What uh, what was uh, what was being an engineer um, engineering student like for you at first and and now and and uh, um, what can you tell us about that? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, when I first came into college, um, I thought the coolest part of college was the fact that we could all choose a major, and we would be able to um, really focus on a particular interest um, that we want. And so it was a lot more, We would, um, so like high school, it was very general. Everyone kind of took the same classes, learned the same things, got an overview of many subjects. And in college, um, I chose material science to focus on. And it was interesting to me that, um, that I had all these ideas for what college was going to be like, but it, the way that I approached my classes ended up being the same way that I approached them in high school, which was just that I I would fall into this routine where my semester 
seemed to be defined just by my midterm dates. And so I would, I would study for my midterms, and then I would celebrate a little bit after I took them. Um, and this was just a process that continued throughout my first semester and into my second semester. And, um, and I realized that, that I wanted more for my education. And um, I realized that I hadn't even asked myself that question yet, like why I was in college, why I was studying material science, um, and why. I mean, I honestly kind of felt at that point like I was just in college so I could get a high a super edge high GPA. Um, that was my only goal. And at that point, I stepped back and I thought, like, what am I doing with, with my, what I, what do I want to do with my degree? And that's when I realized that I actually had no idea. Um, and so I started, and it was bothered me that I didn't know what I wanted to do. So I went to different workshops. I went to all kinds of things, trying to decide if I wanted to do grad school or maybe law school or maybe, and like, I really had just had no idea. And so when I found engineering education, that was when everything really clicked into place for me. And that's when I felt like, wow, this is something that I could definitely see myself doing, not only now, but also like years into the future. Um, and for me, that process of discovering what I was passionate about was instrumental to me feeling, um, to me feeling, me feeling committed to my education and feeling that my education was more than just about the classes that I took and more than just about the grades that I that I got in each of my classes. Um, um, for me, it was that mindset change um, that really, I think that really encouraged me to, to persist in my degree and what really gave me what I needed to keep going. Yeah, then that, and that's, that's so interesting. In, in the iFoundry experience, one of the things that happened early is we asked incoming freshmen why why they were going into engineering, and we got all these interesting answers. They were quite diverse. There were sort of these three clusters of the, some were doing it for entrepreneurial purposes, some wanted to create cool technology, some were doing it to, for social purposes. They wanted to do good in the world with their engineering and help society. So there were these different motives for, for students coming to engineering. But the coolest thing was the faculty reaction when we started to get these responses. They were going, wow, why why don't we ask this question more often? Why, why is it that we kind of assume that we know, you know what the answer to this is? Why don't we start with, with why? And, and we started to do that more often. And as you're, as you're saying, it's, it's really very powerful when you do that and ask students to reflect. And it's not that they need to know or that they need to have a definite answer, but it's, it's partially the kind of discovery process that, um, that you that you were going that you just described, Athena. That's that's so beautiful. And so um, I guess you know. So there's sort of you know that we want to talk a little bit about what what should we change, what should we keep the same from a student's perspective. And and uh, you know, faculty have opinions about this. Uh, Congress has an opinion about. Everybody's got an opinion about this. And so uh, we oftentimes don't ask students. And we've got just two students here, but we're asking you guys today. So, but let's start with experiences because they're, they're, they're easier to talk about. So uh, let's start with good experiences. What, you know, what, what's some of the, the, like the best thing that's happened to you as part of your education um, um, at, uh, at UCSD, Tyler, what, what would you say was a, like a high point or a peak experience that you've had as, as part of your education? Um, I mean, in terms of, like, just, like, my broad experience, like, classes-wise, like, within the engineering education or, like, just in general, or? Uh, any way you want to answer it. What, what, what's been really something that, that, uh, is, that kind of generally as part of your education was something that was really, was really cool or awesome that, 
that uh, you get excited about it when you remember it? Hmm. I, I mean, I was just kind of thinking of a similar aspect of this the other day. Um, I asked my friend, uh, what do you think, how have you changed the most, or most importantly, in your last four years hmm. at college? Um, and I had almost the exact same kind of, oh, the, the same thinking he had, um, and it was that, like, the way that we view um, our relationships with other people um, and and kind of how we handle it, relationships, like empathizing with other people, um, how, how we just like viewing, being very open about so many, so many different experiences, especially at a large um, school like UCSB or even University of Illinois. Um, there's so many people from so many different backgrounds. Um, I feel like, you know, coming before that in high school and just previous experiences, you don't really get that too much. Um, regardless of, you know, the, the engineering knowledge they have or the, um, or other, any other knowledge they have, it just, it's so interesting. Um, talking to people, well, how, how do you kind of take that and, and kind of, I don't know, open up about it? I think that's the biggest thing I've taken from my education. Um, and, uh, and moving forward, it's something I look forward to. Um, doing doing more of um, just kind of forming those relationships, understanding people, um, and the kind of the complexity of, of people. Cool. Yeah. Athena, same question to you. How, what uh, what's been a peak experience, or uh, in the way uh, Tyler answered it, uh, uh, some some way in which you've felt positive change uh, in the in your time during school. Um, so I'll, I'll pick off, I guess, where I la- left off on the last thing about how I found engineering education and became involved in the community, um, and that has it's certainly been probably a huge highlight of my college experience. Um, mm-hmm. And once I once I realized I was interested in this, um, well, I found Big Beacon, but I also found opportunities within University of Illinois to get involved and. Um, and the, everyone that I met, the faculty, the staff, they were so supportive. And I became involved in, in research opportunities here, um, working with some new professors. Um, also, I work as being a tutor and being able to interact with students. Um, it's, it's been an amazing experience. And just the fact that I have met so many supportive people who, I mean, who have, because um, it's, it's a unique interest. And there weren't any real opportunities for, like, paths that were carved out for students who were in, who expressed interest in engineering education and being able to identify these opportunities and be, and having people be so receptive to um, to me being involved in them, I think, has, has definitely shaped my college experience and has shaped many positive memories that I've had here. Yeah, yeah. And, and so let's flip it around and go on the negative side of the emotional ledger. And so what, uh, and, and I'll, I'll frame it broadly and I'm interested in however you want to answer it but what what's been sort of a low point or a really negative experience or uh something that was uh, really off-putting about your about your education or some way in which uh, it could be a disappointment of something that you feel is missing from your education to to uh, to broaden it out a bit so let's uh Athena let's start with you on this one mm-hmm. okay um all right so um, I would say, so I'm very interested in um, how social, how engineering can be used for social good and, um, the, and how it's tied to issues of social justice and this, mm-hmm. um, and this is related to the Twitter chat that Sweeney hosted last Wednesday, but, um, and I think I was 
I was surprised because all the messages that I had received about engineering in high school were about how engineering was used um, to serve the public and how the public was um, engineers' first responsibility. And I came to college and I felt like I, those messages weren't, I wasn't receiving those same messages from my classes. Um, and I think, and so um, I guess an example would be, um, so I study material science and I have always been very, I've always been very curious about um, why we don't really learn about <clears throat> like the extraction of raw materials and where the materials that we use come from. When we talk about materials design, we talk about properties, we talk about costs, we talk about um, all kinds of limitations, but somehow we don't necessarily focus um, a lot on like the, the materials that we use, where they come from and where they go after we're done using them. Um, and, and that's, I thought I had always thought that that was a crucial part of my engineering education. Um, and I was actually taking a class in social work and we were learning about poverty in, in the Appalachian mountain range. And we were talking about um, the mining communities there and how, for many um, people, mining was the only way they could provide for their family. Um, and it struck me that uh, materials engineering, which has um, been linked with mining engineering, how we had never even really touched on these kinds of topics. And mm. it, it really hit me when I realized that. Um, and, um, and I think that's probably been, probably been something that, it's just something I wasn't expecting um, in, my, in my education and something that I, I wish that we could better support the interests of students who do come into engineering wanting to do social good. Um, and if there was a way that we could somehow tie that better into the curriculum. Sure. Um, or even just within the culture, within the culture, yeah. Yeah. And, and um, okay, and so, uh, and now to, to kind of take this to a more, so we're talking about this personally, but now kind of moving to, okay, so what if, if, uh, if engineering education or higher education itself could be different, if, and and let's not worry right now about how we get there, but from a, a student perspective, and and uh, you've both been thinking about this, you've both gone off and uh, studied it. Uh, in in what ways would your educational experience or higher education um, be um, well similar and different? Let's start with the different. What 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 would be what would you like to have? Um, um, you know, we're talking about transformation and change. So, what should what should we uh, change, Tyler? Let's start with you. Yeah, uh, I think what I would like to see more of is um, more more classes uh, thinking about your own education. Uh, I think, and just like the. I think a lot of students, they kind of, you're kind of going through it, um, and you kind of think, like, I, this is, this is like, my, my challenge, my journey. Um, I'm responsible for what I'm doing. Um, and, like, mm. for instance, I'm, I don't like this class, and, you know, but they're doing a good job. I just, I'm just, I need to pull, pull up my part. Um, just to realize and just kind of, accept and kind of, you know, humble yourself and say, you know, hey, like, society actually affects me. Society, like, everything around me affects me. Not, so just not to be aware of that, but to be, to acknowledge it and kind of, and learn more about it. Because a lot of times I think we leave it to, um, this is the way it is. Um, but kind sure. of being empowered by 
knowledge that's already out there because there's so much stuff that I know I think me and Athena have, have learned over the years um, in, in, in just in other, other aspects of looking at the world and that helps you look at, you know, your own experience and the, other, the things that you are engineering at Chishin, for instance, um, how, you, how you're also going through that. So empowering students with that knowledge so that um, they can actually make the changes that they want to or at least um, feel like they have some power in their education instead of just kind of, you know, taking it. Okay, so I'm, the way I'm hearing this, I'm hearing that, um, so the path right now is, especially in engineering, is pretty fully prescribed. You don't have a lot of choice. And so I'm hearing, is is what you're saying, Tyler, is that uh, I'm hearing a, requ- a request for more choice. Can, is there some way, but not, not just choice, I also heard something in, in what you said about um, more responsibility for um, thinking thinking more deeply about your education and what it means to be educated. So I heard a couple. I heard a couple, two, three things. Did I hear? Did I get you right? Or is yeah, yeah. I think yeah. That's, that's definitely correct. I think just even like for instance, uh, uh, even in high school, you don't get for instance uh, a class about education. Um, you know, thinking back at it, kind of being meta about your own your life. Yeah. In the same way, I think a lot of students, they, they are kind of meta about it, but they kind of stop at that, like, the, the kind of the complaining part, like, uh, I, I don't really like how it's this way. But just giving people the extra knowledge to um, articulate what, what they're actually experiencing um, would be nice. So, like, just like, just like how sometimes uh, professors, for instance, they don't, they're not required to, um, you know, necessarily take um, a course on how to teach. All they, they know their subject matter. Um, but giving, in the same way, giving students a course on their own education so that how they can learn. articulate how yeah. they're how they're learning. Yeah. How, yeah. I mean, I think it's assumed that we we know how to learn, but really, there's like there's some extra knowledge that would just be beneficial. Yeah, that's and that's interesting. And we use a lot of we use a lot of loose language about wanting we want everyone to be a lifelong learner. Well, but the current model is that we want a lot of people to sort of obediently you know, regurgitate what they're told in a big lecture class. That's not, is that what we mean? We want people to be able to do that on their own or, or is there something else that that's uh, deeper and more important about education and learning that uh, it, it should be the stuff of, of, of what we're learning. Great. And, and Athena for you, what should we, um, what do you think we need to change? Um, well, first I want to say, Tyler, I really enjoyed like everything you said, your thoughts really echo basically a lot of, my own thoughts about um, ways that we can change higher education and some things that I would like to see. And um, so I'll, I'll, speak to <clears throat> I'll speak to something, um, another issue that I have noticed. Um, I would really like to see, to alleviate the culture of the fear of failure on college campuses mm. um, and teaching and better equipping students to handle a lot of the academic challenges and the setbacks that we face. Um, I think that sometimes there's, there's definitely like a stigma surrounding mental illness or even just the idea of being stressed. And, um, and, and, and there are like colleges is extremely, can be extremely stressful at times. Um, and a lot of times we don't really acknowledge, um, acknowledge these, these challenges. Um, and it can, and so students sometimes eternalize them and there's, there's silence. There's a culture of silence around this. So I'd, I'd like to instead Try and promote a culture of, of resilience, um, and and so like there's this 
project at Stanford called the Stanford Resilience Project, and that's something that I think is extremely powerful. And something that they've done is they've asked they've asked um, people not just how they got from point A to point C, but how they got over point B. Um, and I think if we talk more about point B and talk more about how we can how we how we deal with challenges and how we deal with obstacles, um, I think that could really change this culture of this fear of failure. And instead, we can view um, we can view failures as opportunities. We can view challenges as opportunities and not as as risks. Um, I think as we do as we do as the culture yeah. today promotes. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think the current system is a sense of it. We, those fears are inherited and from generation to generation and the culture of per- perfection. I, I, I think of it in, in Brene Brown's terms of, and, and think of it as, as um, this fear that we're not good enough and the way we show that we are good enough is to, you know, get all A's and, and, uh, and, um, and be and be perfect and not do anything wrong and it, it seems to me that you're you're calling for what a lot of people in in uh, in in mental health care and and uh, in psychology generally are calling for a, a, a different attitude towards failure which requires rethinking a lot of uh, a lot of cultural assumptions so um, actually I want to you know, yeah could you want to add to that and, and we we've going to go take a little break here, but I'll give you the last word in this segment, Athena. Um, Yeah, okay. Yeah, I just wanted to add on to how a lot of this fear of failure, um, I think, is surrounded around the culture of grades and about the worth, the value that we place on grades. Um, And not just, I think, I think grades, what they represent, but how we use them and how they're used as a judgment of students' um, academic abilities, but also just, it's interesting to think that we can we can reduce four years of, of, of an academic, of an education into kind of just a number. And the 3.9234, you know, so we reduce, we reduce a human being to this number and, and it becomes, it becomes the thing that people think about is whether you're going to get into grad school and what kind of job you're going to get. And it can be important for those things, but it, I, I agree with you that, 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 um, that emphasis is, um, and it and it's a difficult question. How do we how do we do assessment differently? But the whole question of you know essentially education becomes about judgment all the way down. And there's actually a, when you're learning, there's a conflict between learning and judgment. And so, how much real learning is going on when everything gets reduced to a judgment? Great stuff. So let's mm-hmm. let's take a bit of take a bit of a break. This is uh, Big Beacon Radio with our our special guests uh, Tyler Lindo and Athena Lynn. And in the next segment, we want to talk about what role students can have in bringing about um, change for each other and and change on campus. In the next segment. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Do you want greater success in bringing change to your university, college, department, or classroom? Are you looking for a keynote speaker to inspire your organization with stories of transformative change? Would you like to boost your own academic, business, or technical career? Let David E. Goldberg of 3Joy Associates help. David is a leading speaker, author, trainer, and leadership coach with experience in helping bring successful change to educational organizations and education and technical careers around the globe. To learn more, call Dave Goldberg at 217-621-2645. 
Contact him at deg at threejoy.com or browse the Three Joy website, www.threejoy.com today. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You are listening to Big Beacon Radio. If you'd like to call into the program today, please call 1 866 472 5790. Again, that's 1 866 472 5790. Or send an email to deg at bigbeacon.org. Now, back to this week's show. And are you looking for a speaker to help soften up a resistant culture, or do you need to? Uh, uh, faculty training to help uh, bring about change that sticks, or, or, or maybe you need some shift skills. Don't call them soft skills. Shift skills for, for your s- students so they can go out into the world. Uh, take a look at threejoy.com to get the, the speaking training and coaching needs uh, for your faculty and your students today. And uh, welcome back to Big Beacon Radio with our. Uh, with our special guests, Athena Lynn and Tyler Lindo. And, and in the last segment, we were talking about, from a student's perspective, what we might change. Uh, um, actually, and before we kind of uh, head off, I, you know, what, what wouldn't you change? Uh, you know, so the, you know, engineering education, I can, I, there's a lot, there's a lot that uh, served me really well, even, you know, now we're talking about ancient history now, but in my engineering education, there's a lot of stuff that served me well. What, uh, just in a sentence or two, Tyler, what wouldn't you change? Hmm. Um, I, mean, I really like that that at the university level you have different kind of um, tiers of, you know, undergraduate, graduate, you know, mm-hmm. people, professors and whatnot. And, and really learning from them is, is really a special thing. I really like talking to graduate students who are really um, into their work. Um, you know, sometimes you don't get to talk in the, you know, discussion or recitation sessions um, with, you know, those TAs, graduate students, um, uh, in depth. Sometimes they kind of have to fly through material, but I, I really enjoy, enjoy just having those, like, those office hours. Office hours are a really great thing, I think, um, in terms of talking with someone who's already been through hmm. what you've been through to a certain extent and giving a new perspective and showing, showing them how, how motivated they are, how interested they are, and kind of um, Alliance for that conversation. Yeah, so. n- nice. And Athena, you, what would what would what would would you not change about um, about your engineering education so far? Um, the the fact that I have been able to be a part of this um, this experience with with all of my classmates, my peers, my friends, people who have formed we've formed like this community that has gotten me through college and the. This is, and I mean, everything that we've experienced, we've experienced together, and um, and I've it's created like lasting memories and just made the mm. whole ex- college experience so much more enjoyable. So yeah. being able to experience it with uh, with others for sure. Yeah, I think yeah, you know, I think for uh, I'll just uh, I'll speak up. I, you know, I had an engineering education. I, I wouldn't. And sometimes people, when they read a whole new engineer, think that Mark and I want to. Uh, Kind of make engineering kind of a softy kind of profession, but I, I value the rigor of an engineering education, and I wouldn't I wouldn't change the I wouldn't change that. I think we still need to have a challenge. I think the thing that 
I think the thing that I would say I would argue needs to be changed is we need a better we need a better polarity management between the challenge of an engineering education, which right now we have we got a lot of challenge in an engineering education. Some of those early classes are really tough, and and that's and that's not a bad thing. Challenging people and having them uh, rise to a high bar is a good thing. But I think we I think the thing that that we need to do a little better job with in engineering education. We do great on the challenge and not every, not all, all disciplines are so hot on providing stiff challenges for their, uh, for their students. But I think we need to do a little better job on, on support. So I'd, I'd keep the challenge. And I think that's a, a nice shorthand for that is Olin College is on the list of those schools that are uh, uh, hardest, um, most difficult, as well as the most fun. So if we could have more of that, if we can have more fun and still keep the experience hard, I think that's that's the kind of thing that we're shooting for. But I, I like the 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 I like the perspectives that you guys brought to the table. So um, some of the most powerful change agents uh, educationally have been students. At Olin, students were partners before there were before there were students. Uh, the the famous story of the construction uh, schedule uh, not being complete, so they brought students in to be partners that helped uh, student partners that helped design the curriculum and and more importantly the culture. At iFoundry, students were part of the planning process, and they were in a course called "Design the Engineering Curriculum of the Design the Engineering Curriculum of the Future." At UFMG uh, in Brazil, students are the power and light behind many of the successful initiatives of the ENG 200 program that. Uh, uh, Dean Alessandro Moreira is running. So, uh, I guess from from your perspective, and and this may be hard to imagine because uh, maybe you haven't been part of of initiatives like these where students were were really the the part of the center. But to what extent do you guys see students being involved or not in 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 change, and in what ways? Uh, Tyler, let's start with you. Yeah, uh, I think I mean it is difficult. Like you say, it's. Um, to kind of really get that partnership, especially when we're not used to it. Um, I see a, I just lost my thought, but, um, where was I going with that? <laughs> no worries. Uh, take, take your time. I, I, like for instance, we, for my engineering, uh, department, we have kind of like these town hall meetings where, People kind of voice their opinions on what and what should not be, or what do people like uh, in their curriculum and whatnot. And that helps to a certain extent. Um, but that's kind of, again, it's an outside kind of, you know, only the most interested students are there. Um, but how can we get everyone involved um, in, in class and everything? I think, I mean, it's, it's challenging, but uh, I think kind of posing the problem, the types of problems we ask uh, in our classes, like, okay, solve this, solve, solve for X instead of, you know, Again, create your own question, and then let's work together to uh, formulate one that is challenging enough. I mean, that, I think that's a super challenging thing to do. How to how do you get students to ask good questions, and um, how to challenge themselves yeah. in itself is another skill to know. When you but, raise it, you um, yeah, and you raise a really good point that um, you know what one of the challenges here is that we've got students so conditioned to the existing system that um, they don't believe. Actually, and I we there's a story in a whole new engineer about this. In in iFoundry, we ask the students to to ask their own questions, to form their own projects, to run their own groups as freshmen, and uh, 
and it was very disorienting for them. And and uh, we had you can probably still read their, we had them blog about it. And so they were complaining, oh, these iFoundry guys, they don't know what they're doing. They won't tell they won't tell us what to do. And and then at midterm, uh, some good things started to happen. And we were having an improvement session, and one young woman raised her hand, and and we were looking for improvement. She said, "This isn't an improvement. I just want to make a comment." And and I said, "Well, okay." And her name's Jamie, and I said, "Jamie, what's your comment?" And she says. Well, we weren't sure you were serious about us doing what we wanted to do, and then we realized you were, and it was really cool. And it was, and I, I looked at my, um, looked at my uh, associate head and, and and director, and she looked at me, uh, Karen Hyman, and we couldn't believe this. And and the kids started to just, the students just started to do stuff after that without permission. But there is a sense that the existing system. The existing the existing system has expectations, and students will continue to meet those unless you, you you break the system a little bit and show that there's room to do something else. But my experience is that it doesn't take long. It takes about it takes about six weeks, and it can be shorter if if the if the experience is immersive. I was talking to someone running a, a, a course in another country, and it takes a couple of weeks if you're working with kids night and day for you know 24 7 so it's it doesn't take it doesn't take that long Athena for you same same question and what in what ways can students uh, be a part uh, involved or not in change mm-hmm. um, so I think in the examples you gave Olin UFMG iFoundry students yeah. were given opportunities right off the bat to be in, to be involved um, and at the end along with that students felt that their voices were valued and I think that is what was able to prompt students to open up and students to realize they're being taken seriously and um, and really um, share share their voices and 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 contribute um, to the programs. But I would also say even if students do not necessarily have these opportunities at their institutions, um, if people haven't reached out to them, um, I think there's still power within all of us as students to um, not only to change our own education by changing the way that we view our experiences and by encouraging our 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 peers to also think differently about their education, but also um, can engage in institutional change efforts by creating, being involved in cultural changes um, within the system of higher education. Um, as students, we have powerful insights into creating this kind of culture that can listen to and value student voices and hopefully get to the point where, um, where Olin and I found you and UFMG are, where students are directly involved in many of um, the planning and then also in just many of the initiatives. Um, to transform education. Yeah, and I and and in what you were just saying, there there's a piece of you know. So there's you know. So in a culture that's changing, students can play a role if if faculty uh, and administrators give give them a role. And and in those places, student we see students stepping up. It's not that students won't step up; they will. But I but there are lots of places mm-hmm. around the world where those opportunities aren't, as you were saying. And and students can still help each other, and in, in much the way that I think. Uh, um, you know, you found things for yourself uh, in the engineering education. It seems to me that students supporting other students can be quite powerful, and that's one of the things that uh, uh, Sweeney's uh, trying to do. And I, I guess we're we're really we're unfortunately, I wish we could dive into that uh, a little bit a uh, little bit more deeply, but we're we're running low on on time. And so, uh, um, Athena, I just like to give you a chance to sort of uh, how can. Uh, how can students who are interested in uh, students for a whole new education and some of the things that we were talking about on the show how can they how can they get involved what where can they write what can they go read on the web mm-hmm. so we have um, we just 
have a, we have a website on bigbeacon.org. Um, it's under the Collaborate tab. Um, we ha- it's under, um, the page is called Sweeney. So it's bigbeacon.org slash Sweeney. Um, and also feel free to email me. It's Athena at bigbeacon.org. And I'd be more than happy to talk, to chat with you about your interests in education, um, and, and more, and share more information about Sweeney. And we'd love to have you involved. Great. And, um, Tyler and, and Athena, I want to thank you both for joining me on the show. It was great to have you here, and uh, best of luck to you, as uh, Tyler, as you finish up this year and, and deciding what to do next, and Athena and, um, and your activities with uh, Sweeney. You've been listening to Big Beacon Radio, Transforming Higher Education with Dave Goldberg. Special, guests to, uh, special thanks to our guests, uh, Athena Lynn and Tyler Lindo, and help us transform higher education. Join the movement to unleash a new generation of innovators by learning more at bigbeacon.org. Join us next week, same time, same channel, as we continue our quest to transform higher education. Thank you for tuning in to Big Beacon Radio, transforming higher education. Please join Dave Goldberg soon for another edition. Listen every Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time, on the Voice America Business Channel. For additional information about our programs or to find out about the next show, please visit bigbeacon.org. We'll talk again very soon.